This is the Sideline Distant Podcast, coming to you from YouTube and iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at the Brad Whitaker. I am the Brad Whitaker. All football again today. Uh, who would have thought you'd be this into football? What a month after the a month and a half after the season ended. Uh, it's pretty exciting time in the NFL. A lot of news coming out uh, just today. Uh, I'm going to start with Tony Romo. Uh, it, he will be released by the Dallas Cowboys uh, on Thursday. We need this 24 hours so Tony can go in and get his stuff, clean out his desk, and say goodbye to Jerry Jones for what will inevitably inevitably be about a two-and-a-half-hour hug. And uh, Tony Romo will be gone. He'll be a free agent uh, this time tomorrow. So the question on everyone's mind, where will Tony Romo go? Now, uh, the obvious choice, I'm, I'm just going to dismiss the 12 teams that have been in the rumor mill for the last month. Tony Romo is not going to the Niners. He's not going to the Chicago Bears. He's not going to the New York Jets. None of that's happening. All right? There's two teams. I, I thought the Arizona Cardinals were a possibility, but I really do think Carson Palmer will be back, uh, and for that reason, that reason alone, I'm dismissing them. Uh, there's really only two teams it comes down to, and that's the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans. Any other move by Tony Romo will surprise me, unless Carson Palmer doesn't come back to Arizona, and then that might be the ideal choice. Uh, but the reason why I think... Uh, it comes down to Denver and Houston. It's just because he wants the best chance to win late in his career. And both of those teams are both set up to potentially contend for a Super Bowl. Uh, now, everyone in the media has already bought into the Tony Romo going to Denver hype. And I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Now, okay, there are reasons why Denver would be a good idea. It obviously worked out for Peyton Manning late in his career. Uh, he built up that trust with John Elway, brought him to two Super Bowls. Uh, it wasn't much in the last Super Bowl, but he did win it. And then uh, he had one of his best statistical seasons. Uh, and there's two great receivers, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Uh, it, wor it's, it worked out for Peyton Manning. There's no reason it can't work out for Tony Romo. But remember, there's a reason why the Denver Broncos didn't make the playoffs this past season. And that's not because the Denver Broncos weren't any good. It's because they didn't have a quarterback, and they were in a very tough division. If the Denver Broncos were in any of the other seven divisions in the NFL, they uh, would have easily been a playoff team. If they were in the AFC East, yes, they would have had to play the Patriots. They had to play them anyways. But Broncos would have made the playoffs. And they probably could have been a... Uh, ah, well, they couldn't pass the Patriots probably, but uh, they could potentially be a top two seed. They just have to face Kansas City. They have to face Oakland and San Diego. Remember, the Chargers were not a bad football team either. They were just victims of a bad division. So, if you think about Tony Romo, I'm not sure about Denver's O-line. They got a great defense, certainly a great pass rush, great receiving core, good running game. Uh, but for Romo... He's going to be going up against Khalil Mack. He'll be going up against Kansas City's defense, which is great across the board. And then San Diego, they have an up-and-coming defense themselves. So when you take that into consideration, Houston's looking pretty damn good. Now remember, the Texans ended the uh, regular season as the number one defense in the NFL. 
All right, and I'm sure Tony Romo would love to go up against Tennessee, Indianapolis, and Jacksonville's defense as opposed to Kansas City, Oakland. Oakland, not a great defense, but certainly a great pass rusher in Khalil Mack, and they're getting better, and then an up-and-coming San Diego defense. So with that in mind, you know, Tony Romo might want to stay in the state. Uh, Everyone talks about the weather. As an old quarterback isn't going to want to play in cold weather, it was fine. It worked out for Peyton Manning, and he couldn't feel the end of his fingertips anyway. Uh, So... It's fine. It would be fine, Tony Romo. He's not a great outdoor quarterback historically, but I'm sure if you put him on the Denver Broncos, he'll work out. I'm just worried about his health because the way he breaks bones and tears muscles is from elite pass rushers sacking him. So what do you think is going to happen in Denver? I would roll the dice, stick with the Texans, and you know what? They have a head coach who is hungry for a quarterback like Tony Romo. Remember, the Texans... They had a great half against the Patriots. The only reason the Patriots were up at halftime in the divisional round game is because uh, Brady made a few ridiculous uh, deep bombs downfield that happened to work out. They were 50-50 gambles for the most part. They're the kind of throws Aaron Rodgers makes. Now, Brady, he's the best of all time, but he's not a downfield thrower. He's never been. So there were, what, I think three downfield plays Brady made that kept New England with the small lead going into the halftime. And then, you know, the Texans were still getting to Brady, but, uh, you know, they were quarterbacked by Brock Osweiler, and you know what happens there. And they didn't remember, Houston didn't even interview Brock Osweiler. So, you know, Osweiler is a good backup to have, I guess. Uh, He's an expensive one, 70-plus million. But, uh, you know, O'Brien, their head coach, was running an overly simplistic offense because of Brock Osweiler. Usweiler all season, and he's going to want someone like Tony Romo, someone that, that's a veteran that understands what they're doing, that can run a more complex offense. And then when you factor that in, they got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you factor that in with that great defense they got. JJ Watt will be healthy again. Again, number one defense in the NFL this season without JJ Watt. All right, I think that's the team as great as Von Miller is and Denver's pass rush. That's the team I want to go to. Houston, you get to play Indy. They're still a couple years away. They're having some front office issues and ownership issues. Tennessee's good, but they're beatable. And who the hell knows what's going on in Jacksonville. It's probably going to take a long while for Tom Coughlin to turn that franchise around. So, yes, if I were Tony Romo, I understand the intrigue of playing for a team like Denver. And if he's going there, it's probably because of John Elway. That trust was built with Peyton Manning. He'll have a similar deal with Romo if he does decide to go to Denver. Uh, And it would be very good for developing Paxton Lynch, who could kind of play the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre sort of role. Uh, But my choice would be Houston because of that defense, because Bill O'Brien's an offensive coach, and he wants to run some more complicated offenses, which he could not do under Brock Osweiler. Uh, Patriots news in just a second. So the uh, 
It was pretty obvious heading into the offseason that uh, the New England Patriots would not sign our Martellus Bennett, who is basically little Gronk out there. I mean, he's not... He's not the best receiving tight end. He's not the best blocking tight end in the world, but he can do both, just like Gronk, who probably is the best best at both. And when Gronk came out, he really did a good job at filling that position as their primary tight end. Uh, but it was obvious because, you know, Bennett had a decent regular season with New England, certainly made a lot of big plays. Not a great Super Bowl, but he made the catches when it counted late, and... uh He's due for a big contract wherever he goes, and you know New England is not paying that kind of money. I think they're willing to pay that kind of money for someone like Gronk, even with his injury issues, because he's just a once-in-a-lifetime tight end. Nobody can block and catch and uh, gain yards after the catch like Rob Gronkowski can. Nobody ever has been like that. So the Patriots are willing to be patient. Uh, They won't rush him back, and... uh, Today, uh, they brought in uh, Indianapolis Colts tight end Dwayne Allen, who still has three years left at his contract at a great value. Uh, And similar to Martellus Bennett, uh, Dwayne Allen can do a little bit of both. And uh, I think he's a good pickup for the Patriots. And uh, he's probably a better blocker than Martellus Bennett. Maybe not as great of a uh, pass catcher, but... He can still do it all. Uh, he still gets open in the end zone. And whenever Gronk is healthy and they work him in and he's not just blocking and he's running routes downfield and he's playing alongside Dwayne Allen, that offense is going to be very dangerous. And remember, New England has everyone back. I mean, they're not going to have LeGarrette Blunt, so we'll figure out what they'll do, do at running back. Uh, uh, I think Adrian Peterson's intriguing if it is true that he's willing to take a team-friendly deal. But uh, Dwayne Allen at tight end, New England still has a strong receiving core. I bet they'll ask Danny Amendola to take a pay cut. Uh, but, you know, New England just figures out how to get it done. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers just signed Antonio Brown to, what, a $19 million a year contract or something like that, which is roughly what all the Patriots receivers make combined. So, New England... They don't prioritize the receiving position. They make trades when they need to. They find undrafted guys or guys that have been cut by other teams that they can fit well into the system. And, you know, Peterson might be a great splash this offseason if he's willing to take a team-friendly contract. But New England will figure out the running back position. And uh, Belichick, I think this offseason will focus a lot on making that defense a lot younger. Uh, But the real question is what to do about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and for the life of me, I have no idea what the Cleveland Browns are doing. It's uh, it's obvious now that they're willing to give up the 12th overall pick and t- the 12th overall pick alone for Jimmy Garoppolo, which is ridiculous, especially when you think of what the Rams gave up from the number one pick to draft Jared Goff. Uh, two firsts, two seconds, two thirds. Eagles for the second overall pick. They got this deal with the Browns, so they've been stockpiling assets. Cleveland has the Eagles, so they could draft Carson Wentz. uh, Two firsts, a second, a third, and a fourth. And again, Cleveland. I I read this list yesterday. Starting quarterbacks in... uh, uh, Oh, sorry about that. Uh, Starting quarterbacks since... Tom Brady started in New England since he replaced Drew Bledsoe in 2001. These are all the starters for Cleveland since Tom Brady took over in New England. 
Tim Couch, Kelly Holcomb, Jeff Garcia, Luke McCown, Trent Dilfer, Charlie Fry, Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, Ken Dorsey, Bruce Gredkowski, Colt McCoy, Jake DeLome, Seneca Wallace, Brandon Whedon, Thad Lewis, Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer, Johnny Manziel, Connor Shaw, Josh McCown, Austin Davis, Robert Griffin III, and Cody Kessler. There's your long list right there. Uh, They're only apparently willing to give up the 12th overall pick to find a permanent replacement, something they haven't been able to do for the last 16 years. So if Cleveland's just going to be stubborn, look, New England's okay holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo, even if they do expect Brady to play another five years, which I do. I think Brady can play longer than that, truthfully. Because he's never been an athletic guy, but he's a great decision maker. He's never been a downfield thrower, nor has he been fast. And uh, he works on staying healthy very hard. So uh, I think Brady could play beyond five years. And if that's the case, it makes sense to deal Jimmy Garoppolo. But New England could do what Washington's doing with Kirk Cousins and just franchise tag him and put him on the trade block next year. So they could hold on to Jimmy G another season. And then you have a great backup in case Brady goes down. So... There is some incentive for New England to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo, and if Cleveland's going to offer the 12th overall pick, the 12th overall pick, first of all, I was watching The Herd today, and in the last decade, I think 75% of uh, the 12th overall picks uh, in the last decade have been failures, been busts. I think Odell Beckham was one of them, so was Marshawn Lynch, Uh, but for the most part, 25% of the time, you're going to make contact, and that's about it. So, the Browns got to be willing to give up more than that for their franchise quarterback. And, you know, there's a rumor New England wants a first next year, a first rounder. Uh, and again, Cleveland's been stockpiling picks. They got a whole bunch from the Eagles last year. So, I don't understand why they're being so stubborn. They could still trade the 12th overall pick, and I'm sure Belichick would take three seconds or two seconds and a third or something. But if all it is is the 12th overall pick and a first-rounder next year, that is a steal for Cleveland. Why aren't you taking it? You're still going to be able to draft Miles Garrett at first overall. So what's the issue? You get an elite pass rusher in all likelihood, and I think Miles Garrett will be an elite pass rusher, and then you get your franchise quarterback. And what are you giving up? You're giving up the 12th overall pick, something that's failed 75% of the time in the last decade, And then you're giving up a first-rounder next year. Again, franchise quarterback. And yes, the Rams and the Eagles gave these up for Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, who aren't ready to be elite-level quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo will be entering his fourth season in the NFL after three years under Bill Belichick, learning from Tom Brady. And unlike, uh, you know, Brian Hoyer or uh, Ryan Mallett, He has been tested, and he's been successful. Sure, it's a small sample size. It's only six quarters, but he went to Arizona, a team many picked to win the Super Bowl going into the season, and he torched that defense. And then what he did against Miami in just a half a football, what, he almost threw for 300 yards, three or four touchdowns? Yeah, Garoppolo is ready to be an elite franchise-level quarterback right now. So... What are you doing, Cleveland, being stubborn with the 12th overall pick, and that's it? Give the Patriots another first-rounder. If that's all they want, then you get a steal for someone that can carry your franchise for a long time. 
build up that offensive line a little bit, and suddenly you have a contender in the AFC North. It is not that hard to turn around in the NFL, even if we only win one game all season. It's it's something. I mean, think about the teams. The Atlanta Falcons were in the Super Bowl this year. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. So you bring in Garoppolo, you go 7-9, and nine, and then a season later you're 11-5. and five. That's how quickly you can turn around bad teams in the NFL. It's not like the NBA. So... Here's your chance, Cleveland. You've been stockpiling picks. You don't need to give up the number one pick. The Patriots, quite frankly, probably don't want it. As intriguing as Miles Garrett is, they'll find another pass rusher for cheaper, and they don't won't have to pay uh, the extra $12 million for the first overall pick than the, the 12th overall pick. You offer the 12th, you offer a second, you give the first next year, and suddenly you bring in your franchise quarterback and Miles Garrett, and it works well, Cleveland. Uh this isn't Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. Jimmy Garoppolo is ready right now. Make the move. And, uh, you know, the Patriots have no incentive to give him up unless they get a ton in return. So be willing to open the open the checkbook or, or be willing to trade your most valuable assets, Cleveland. But it's worth it because without a great quarterback, you can't do anything in today's NFL. So, uh, it's beginning to sound increasingly likely that Kirk Cousins is out in Washington for God knows what reason. Uh, clearly, both sides, the, the Redskins aren't buying in on Kirk Cousins as their franchise quarterback, and uh, Kirk Cousins obviously isn't happy with the, the impatient front office, or the overly patient front office in Washington at this point, so... Uh, What's going to happen? Uh, Kirk Cousins was franchise tagged for the second year in a row, and it sounds like he'll be going to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I don't think the, the the trade's been pulled through yet, but uh, it's sounding increasingly likely that that's going to happen. And uh, this makes a lot of sense uh, from San Francisco's side with Kyle Shanahan, and I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but first, I don't know what Washington is thinking here. Obviously, they bought into Robert Griffin III as their starting quarterback, and it didn't work out. All the injury issues, the bad decisions, the interceptions. He was never the same after his rookie year, and teams figured out how to beat him. Uh, it, they didn't need, even need to generate much of a pass rush to get to RG3, too, with that O-line. Uh, but clearly, the, there's something going on here. Uh, 50% of the teams in the NFL are... Don't either don't have a franchise quarterback or they're not comfortable with their current quarterback. Like Ryan Tannehill in Miami is not a franchise quarterback, even though he's been there for many years. They're not comfortable with him out there, uh, and he had a better season with a good old line. But I just don't understand why Washington's not willing to pay money for Kirk Cousins. I mean, yes, he's not an elite level quarterback, but he's he's the next tier down and. You know, he's never had difficulty moving the chains. And you could, you know, the the Redskins have never been a great red zone offense under Kirk Cousins. But, you know, he's dependable. He's Alex Smith. And sometimes that's what you want. 
you at least need that piece in there so you can build around him. And then if you need to replace that piece later on, you do it. But Kirk Cousins is better than 80% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So what is Washington thinking here? Now, they've never been good to their quarterbacks. RG3, uh, he got his shot, but at the same time, I don't think he ever really got a fair shake from the coaching staff. And and a lot of it made sense. Uh, 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 Mike and Kyle Shanahan were being a bit proactive in drafting Kirk Cousins the same year they drafted Robert Griffin III. And uh, obviously they love Kirk Cousins, and that's part of the reason Shanahan uh, is going to bring him into San Francisco. So it's it makes all the sense in the world for the Niners, whatever they're, they're going to be giving up, uh, because that's what you need. You need a starting quarterback, and then you build around it. And, you know, I love Carlos Hyde. I think the Niners have some good receivers. Their O-line needs some work, but I think Shanahan can deal with that and it's going to take a few years to build that defense up. but And the Niners have a long way to go, and Kirk Cousins is going to be part of that project, but at least he's going to get his contract. He's going to have stability, and he's going to be working with a head coach and offensive coordinator that believes in him. So uh, it's a shame it didn't work out in Washington for the life of me. I don't know why the Redskins and Kirk Cousins couldn't pull together a deal, uh, but this is what happens in the NFL sometimes, and uh, you know, if Kirk Cousins is able to leave and go somewhere better, or at least under a coaching staff that trusts him more, you know, if Washington's trading him away, I mean, they're going into rebuilding mode. I mean, who are you going to get at quarterback unless you're somehow going to bring in Tony Romo at the last minute? But he's not going to play for the same division he's been in. I'm sure Jerry Jones and Tony shook hands on that, undoubtedly. So I don't really know what the plan is in Washington. Uh, but at least things are coming together in San Francisco if they are bringing in Kirk Cousins. And and I don't think Cousins has hit his ceiling. He's still a young quarterback, and I think he's been improving. He's caught a lot of bread, bad breaks in Washington, so who knows what will happen. Uh, so that's it for today's podcast. I'll be back tomorrow uh, for the last one of the week. And until then, I bid you adieu.